Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, June the 19th. It's Juneteenth, and we are coming to you from our separate homes across southwest Missouri, because even though the state's reopened, um, we're going to try to play it safe and not uh, catch anything or kill anyone. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, I've got... Dustin. And Brandon P. So we got a pair of Brandons, and we got Dustin, and we're good to go. Uh, we are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, critics from the Midwest, take, talking entertainment, pop culture news, taking your comments, and whatever. We've got a good show for you this week. Uh, we're going to be talking conventions a little bit. I know we've all had some experience with that in different levels and different ways. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Tara and the folks joining us on the cast channel as well. She is holding down the fort there for us. Uh, so those that are checking it out live, we appreciate you being there. Feel free to type your comments as we're talking. We read all of them, and the good ones will make it to air uh, during the recording as well. Before we jump into the headlines, just want to check in with everybody. What have you, What's everybody been up to in the last week or so? What have you been watching? What have you been reading, playing, listening to, doing? What's everybody been up to in the last uh, week or so? Um, I've been re-watching Impractical Jokers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the movie just came out, so I need to watch that. But yeah, man, that that shit's hilarious. Yeah, some of the stuff that some of the stuff that they do, I'm just, it's cringy because I'm just like, I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's really funny. It is. Yes. Uh, Brandon Parnes, you've been watching and writing and interviewing and doing a bunch of stuff for the popgoestheculture.com. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Yeah, so I just joined you guys uh, last week. Um. And I, if you guys haven't checked out the site yet, I, I've wrote about a show on Disney Plus called Pixar in Real Life, which is really good. Uh, I've talked about the new Star Wars game show, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, and uh, Don't, which premiered uh, last Thursday uh, with uh, Adam Scott and Ryan Reynolds doing voiceover. Um, but this week has been primarily singular focused um, for a couple different reasons. There's a new show on HBO Max that came out yesterday called Karma. And I got the chance to interview the executive producer of the show, J.D. Roth, who's had an amazing career as a producer in television and as a host before that and during. Um, And he had the show back in the mid-2000s on Discovery Kids called Endurance, which was born out of a show on Fox Kids. That lasted one season called Moola Beach. Endurance ran for six. Um, and after 12 years, he kind of re- retooled the format. And now it's called Karma, and it's on HBO Max. Right on. Cool. Brandon, Shane, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Been, been watching the new season of Age of the Shield, the final season. Um, been enjoying that. Been enjoying the look back into the past for Shield there. Yeah. Uh, been playing... Uh, I'm playing a lot of Escape from Tarkov. Uh, I finally got my PC built to, you know, decent specs, and then yeah. and been playing a whole lot of that. 
delving real deep. It's a real hardcore type of game, and it's sucked me in pretty well. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but yeah, very cool. I uh, so I've been crazy busy, and the only thing I've had time for is just whatever's on my phone at the time. And uh, so right now, the game on my phone that is taking all of my spare time when I have it, it's called 80s Mania Wrestling Returns. And it's just as cheesy as it sounds. You uh, <laughs> you you start up your own little wrestling league and you, it's like a card. It's a collectible card game is what it is. But, you know, you have your uh, you, you book your wrestling matches and stuff. And it's 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 that lighthearted, cheesy fun when uh, so it's a strategy game. Uh, not even no. <laughs> there's really no strategy. There's no. There's no. There's no victory. There's no winning. There's no goals. It's just, eh, sure. I'll throw that guy in there and that guy, and then you know you throw him in a in a match, and then you know you build like so many matches for your event, and then based on huh. you know they you you get money based on how much the crowd bought the merchandise and bought the tickets to your show and stuff. It's just and it, the money doesn't do anything. You use the money to buy more cards to you know. So it's just. There is no real depth at all. It is the exact opposite of Escape from Tarkov, um, as far as as far as uh, depth and strategy goes. It's just pure cheese, and of course they can't actually use real people, so they have you know, like you know, just goofy caricatures of actual pro wrestlers. So it's a lot of fun. Just uh, like I said, just to unwind with at the end of the day, or as you're waiting in line to pick up a kid from band practice, or whatever the case might be. Well, we know that you all have watched, read, listened to, you know, played, done different things as well uh, as things are opening up. Maybe you're attending events also. Let us know what you thought about the entertainment you've taken in in the past week. Leave us a recorded message with your one-minute review on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your one-minute review in a future episode. And I'll be honest, we may have to retire this segment because we got a one-minute review this week that I don't think can be topped. Uh, not only is it a one-minute review of a Pop Goes the Culture family product, uh, you guys know that uh, Dakota and some friends are putting out a YouTube uh, D&D campaign called uh, Roll for Advantage. It shows up every Monday at popgoestheculture.com. Well, Tara, our uh, crafting queen on our website, who writes our, every Saturday our recipes and our crafts posts, she is has not been a D&D fan, but she thought she would check it out. And she didn't just leave us a one-minute review. She went above and beyond. And I don't think it can be topped. So like I said, we may have to retire this segment. But here is Tara's one-minute review of Roll for Advantage. This is my one minute review on Roll for Advantage. So I watched the first episode with zero prior knowledge about D&D. Like this has never come up in my entire life. I know nothing about how it works. But wanting to be a supportive friend, I watched. Of course I spent the first episode somewhat confused, but it was still enjoyable. I got into the story and it was a lot of fun. By episode two, I got the hang of it. The story is very well written, it's interesting, and the players are funny. I burst out laughing when the bard whoops out a ukulele. I'm currently working on episode three because these things are long, so I have to break them up. With inspiration from the bard, I decided to write a response song to close my review, which is basically encouragement for people like me who would like to learn more about D&D to watch. Watching a bunch of strangers play a game. So yeah, um, 
This is the first time we've had anybody call in, leave a one-minute review, write and perform their own original music during that review. So uh, good luck to the next person that has to follow that. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, everybody who calls in with your one-minute reviews. We appreciate it. Yeah, kudos to you, Tara. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. We uh, that might be our new theme song. The uh, it's not as bad as I thought. That that kind of wraps up our show. I think it kind of sums <laughs> up the whole thing here. <laughs> well, here are the stories that we've been watching this week. We'll start with Star Wars news because we all know that Star Wars fans are non toxic, and it's a safe place to start every week, right? Uh, first up, EA Electronic Arts announced the release date for Star Wars Squadrons. The game will release on October 2nd for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It will feature single and multiplayer crossplay campaigns, so you'll be able to play regardless of what system you're on. It's the it's a first person dogfighting game set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Most of you are probably too young. Brandon may not be, but I don't know if you ever did this. Did you ever play the old Star Wars X Wing Tie Fighter games at all? Back I played Tie Fighter. I never played X Wing. I did play Tie Fighter. Okay, this uh, is it has the feel of one of those type of games. Which I mean, the, I had lost many hours in college to up all night playing X Wing versus Tie Fighter. So I think that's it's really exciting for me. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things that Tie Fighter. Going into that, it was I was young, uh, but it really delved me further into the Star Wars universe right. than the movies ever could. You know. Oh, absolutely! It, it was so much, so much more technical, and so much. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Hopefully, they can recapture that magic because that was played like on. Yeah, I think I don't even know. If it, I guess it would have been later on. They were actually on CDs, but for a while they were just on like you know <laughs> the the hard discs and uh, for what it was a DOS based you know graphic game. Those things were fantastic, or at least at the time they were. Hopefully, this will recapture some of that magic. Star Wars celebrates the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back with a new installment of From a Certain Point of View, the anthology series. Uh, The first installment came out for the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, originally called Star Wars. Uh, This new anthology collection will feature stories about the events and characters seen in The Empire Strikes Back, the characters that don't get their own story, the characters that they only gave names to so they could sell you an action figure. They're going to get their own short stories in this anthology collection. Uh, there's a ton of different authors that are contributing to this. 40 stories in total, all told, again, from points of view, different uh, background side characters from Empire Strikes Back. So be looking for that in the near future. And then, of course, Star Wars. We're talking cons. We'll talk more about conventions later on. Star Wars Celebration 2020, which was scheduled for August 27th through the 30th in Anaheim, has officially been canceled due to the pandemic that we're all living through. So not a surprise, but still sad nonetheless. Speaking of conventions, and again, we'll hit this more, uh, PAX West and Emerald City Comic Con have officially canceled their 2020 events as well. Uh, PAX West is going to hold an online event uh, from September 12th through the 20th. Emerald City Comic Con, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was one of the first conventions impacted by the pandemic this year because it was a March, an early March convention. Uh, they had rescheduled to August. Um, if you've been watching the news, not only was 
Seattle kind of ground zero for the pandemic as it made its way to America, but um, they're still experiencing some unrest in Seattle right now. So they have officially called that off. I wonder how close the Chaz is to uh, where they were going to hold the convention because that that might be kind of fun. (laughs) They they may just you know that you don't even have to have a convention. Go down there. That would be hilarious. (laughs) I. I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think that'd be fun. But they've made probably the right decision to call that one off. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I think they were one of the early ones. I know Planet is still. Yeah, Planet has, it's still, still on. <laughs> still on, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I've got, um, a, I've got a pretty bad feeling that it will not. I, um, I do as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, I'd be surprised. Uh, you know, I we have seen a few smaller scale shows, but. Yeah, that takes up the whole Bartle, so that ain't gonna happen. I don't think that you can do that big of a show and still have any sort of protection (laughs) against this. No, no. No. Yeah, and we are seeing events, you know, into November and December now being canceled as well, (laughs) which we'll talk about more in depth later on. Uh, Bringing it back, Marvel is bringing back Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man number eight fifty. That book goes on sale in September. Dustin, have you heard much uh, demand or scuttlebutt about the return of Norman Osborn in this? No, this is actually the first time I've heard about it. Well, there you go. I'm breaking the news to you then. Yes, uh, Norman Osborn has been out of the picture as the Green Goblin for a while. And of course, they have to go after DC and Mm -hmm. go back to the numbering system of the 850. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, I guess, in the new numbering it would be 50 right because they reset it yeah it would, it would be like yeah it would be around there because we're at issue like 30 or no we're at issue like 45 now yeah or 46 i think so that makes so. sense yep so bringing back the green goblin the classic green goblin we know and love marvel also announced the immortal she hulk one shot by the immortal hulks al ewing joe bennett and john davis hunt uh, the immortal hulk series however is going to end with issue number 50. Don't worry. Issue number 50 still a ways off. The next issue, number 34, releases uh, next Wednesday. So we've still got time to to enjoy the Immortal Hulk series. Have you been... That's going to be... That's going to be a lot of talk. Is that Immortal She-Hulk? Yeah, it is. Have you been... You've been especially, keeping especially up with it. Especially since Hal Ewing is writing it, so... Yeah, you've been keeping up with it, right? The Immortal Hulk or no um no i have not i'm so behind on my reading i couldn't remember all right the emmy awards have changed up their rules to allow for the sheer number of programs available now thanks to every network having its own streaming platform the television academy has instituted a rule change where there will be a minimum of four nominees per category and then they're going to have a sliding scale so based on the number of entrants they will increase the number of nominees with a cap at eight nominees per category. As of right now, this year's Emmy Awards are still scheduled to take place on Sunday, September 20th. We'll see if that holds. The daytime Emmys were scheduled for later on, and it is, uh, it is, it's been canceled. So, Daytime Emmys haven't been canceled. I thought they have been, yes. They just announced that the talk presenters are going to do like an online the daytime version? Emmys. Probably some sort of virtual presentation but they haven't been the ceremony like in person probably has been canceled but right. they just announced the talk the talk uh, host will be presenting it today 
There you go. Breaking news. We are all kinds of breaking news on this show tonight. And 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 they announced that Jimmy Kimmel will be hosting some sort of version of the Primetime Emmys as well. Very cool. The Academy Awards show has been pushed back due to the pandemic. Originally scheduled for February 28th, 2021, the show will be moved to April 25th. With that, the usual cutoff date for awards consideration has been pushed back as well. Normally, movies have to have been theatrically released by December 31st, 2020. As you can imagine, that is uh, not happening for a lot of films that were planned to release this year. So um, the, the, the deadline for entry has been moved into 2021 as well. I have not seen the exact date, but... Um, I, I imagine those who need to know that information, those who have films that would be Oscar uh, contenders, know exactly when they have to have those in theaters. While other films are being pushed back, Bill and Ted Face the Music has been moved up a week to August 14th. That date originally was held by Wonder Woman 84, but that movie slid back to October 2nd. So with a hole in the schedule, Bill and Ted will step up a week to Face the Music one week earlier than scheduled. I st- Excellent. I still don't know. <laughs> you go ahead. Yeah. I still don't know that I've seen anything from that teaser trailer to make me want to rush out and face um, my fellow humans on August 14th to see that. But. I can wait for it, but I, I like I'm I'm much I'm probably all younger than you guys, but I watched Bill and Ted on like DVD when I was maybe 14 or something like that. So if I if I could wait for those. I can wait for these again. I I wasn't born when it came out, but you get what you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I watched them on VHS when I was younger, and I still don't. And I and I love the first couple, and I still don't see any reason to run out and face the uh, non-masking public on August 14th. <laughs> I, I'll yeah, just sure. I'll just hang out and wait. The Invisible Man, the film that was out, uh, what was it, February, has just set a box office record. That's likely never going to be broken Uh, after 16 weeks of release the film reportedly jumped to the number one spot at the box office this weekend thanks to a few drive-ins and whatnot uh, putting the film back out that is a 14 week gap between its number one weekend so it was number one it dropped off for 14 weeks and that's number one again that's the longest week uh, the longest window between number one weekends at the box office ever um, probably not going to see that again anytime soon. It takes a pandemic to make that happen, I think. Yeah. Let's hope we don't see it again anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, if, if we see that again, then we're in trouble. McGoober finally back on top, yeah. where it never was. Kenny's joined us online. What's up, Kenny? Oh, not a whole lot. Welcome aboard. We're going to keep on rolling. If you haven't yep. been paying attention to the news, you may not have seen this because it kind of broke over the weekend. Uh, legendary comic book creator Denny O'Neill passed away from natural causes last Thursday at the age of 81. O'Neill served in the Navy. Then he was a journalist covering comics during the 1960s. That got O'Neill's foot in the door, first at Marvel, then later at DC, and then, of course, back and forth between Marvel and DC. Uh Denny O'Neill, of course, credited with groundbreaking runs on Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Batman, Shazam, The Question. Over at Marvel, he put out a ton of legendary storylines with Spider-Man, Daredevil, Iron Man. Um, as editor, he oversaw a number of you know what a lot of people consider or in the conversation greatest of all time type stories. Uh, he put Frank Miller on Daredevil while he was at Marvel. He oversaw as editor the whole death of Jason Todd you know, 
storyline promotion uh, campaign, whatever you want to call that. So Denny O'Neill has been a, a long time. Uh, one of the good guys, especially at a time when a lot of guys in comics are being called out. He was uh, one of the good guys, one of the long time, you know, amazing creators and veterans. And uh, he will certainly be missed by those who are big fans of his work at DC and at Marvel. So it, it's you know, still sad news, but moving away from Denny O'Neill, uh, Pat Brimer, who may not be a name you've heard of, uh, also passed away at the age of 70 from heart disease earlier in the week. He was the lead puppeteer on Team America World Police, uh, put out by Trey and Matt from South Park. Uh, he worked on a number of movies like Short Circuit, uh, which was all, you know, robotic puppet based and a ton of different TV series. But most famously, Pat was the puppeteer for the gopher on Caddyshack. So the Caddyshack gopher has finally passed on. Wait, that wasn't real. No, that was not real. That they did not train oh. a gopher to dance. Oh. That was that was Pat. That was Pat's hand in a gopher puppet. Childhood ruined. Sorry. <laughs> Thirty Rock is coming back to NBC for a one-hour special on July sixteenth. The show will feature the main characters from the series, giving NBC's upfront presentation. So two birds, one stone uh, with information on the NBC lineup for the upcoming fall TV season. The scenes, of course, will be filmed from the actors homes. But, you know, all the original cast at this point are expected to return to make a cameo to introduce to uh, advertisers the NBC fall lineup, which to me just is kind of a ridiculous notion. But. But what it's you? very yeah. 30 Rock, though. Yeah, it's very if meta. If you've seen the yeah. show, it's very something that they would do. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's, I guess I that know. kind of makes sense. I like what they did with Parks and Recreation Yeah, when they did that little deal. So it'll probably be just as And good. that's probably one of the reasons why they're doing it, is yeah. because they saw how well the Parks and Rec thing did. And it's like corporate synergy at its best and worst at the same time. Right. Yeah, I agree. It'll be it'll be something to tune into just for the spectacle alone, just a curiosity. Oh, yeah. Especially those that got everybody, so that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And in- Jack McBrayer is so underrated on that show and in everything he does. I'm just happy to see him be getting awesome, work, doing something. Yeah, not getting no. He gets a lot of work, but just I just he just he's one of those things where it's like I didn't know I needed him until I realized how much I liked him. Fair enough. There you <laughs> Until go. Until I saw him more often. He is certainly you know I mean? he's certainly the syrupy sweetheart of that show. While everybody yeah. else around him is a complete terrible human being, he is the yeah. the grounding force for that show, absolutely. Have you guys seen the Jack and Triumph show that was on Adult Swim a few years ago? That's an underrated, crazy fun show. No, I've not seen that one. I haven't seen that either. It's good. Right on. <laughs> Did anybody? Do we have any any Big Bang Theory fans here? I oh, have watched the first like seven seasons before, but I want to watch the whole thing eventually. But does I only any, made it to like season seven. Does anybody has anybody? Does anybody currently watch the spinoff, the Young Sheldon show? That's a spinoff. I've watched a few. Have you? What did you yeah. think of it? I like it actually. I. I didn't really know what to expect from it. And, uh, I mean, they're not like 
you know, it's not in the same feel as Big Bang, where you get the comedy constantly coming and, you know, the laugh tracks and everything like that. But uh, I guess it's a live audience. But um, I, I, I still liked it. It was fun to watch. Yeah, because you got the different formats. You got the single camera of Young, Sh- right. of Young Sheldon, multi-camera with uh, with Big Bang. So there's definitely different energies when you when you take characters or a character and switch the format of it. So as always, I find it so weird. I don't know if again I'm younger than you guys. So when they would do Disney Channel movies of of a like the movie version of a multi-camera show. Right. They they would always try and make it look as different as possible. Like it was a little kind of after my time, but I remember rewatching or watching somewhere around that time the Sweet Life movie. And obviously, it was the multi the Sweet Life it took place during the Sweet Life on Deck, and the Sweet Life on Deck was this multi camera show. And then they filmed the movie part of it on an actual boat, and it made no sense. And they just put a a like like one of those uh life rings that says SS Tipsons <laughs> on the wall of the boat to make it kind of look like the set. That's the only prop they could afford <laughs> was after getting Yeah. Like we sprung for the boat, so who's gonna do the set dressing? Well, we got a, yeah. we got a life ring. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of like when the Brady's went to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well the reason I ask all this Big Bang Theory question has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the Big Bang Theory. Uh, the W the WWE and NBC are co producing a new T V series for NBC, Young Rock. Oh yeah, I heard about this. It really? is it is yeah, a Yeah, that that came out a while ago, but they, yeah. it's, it was a fish. It wasn't. It was like confirmed to be on the schedule for this season. Yeah, it is. A, I probably just spoiled your story, but no, nope, you're right on. It is a. It's going to be a mid-season series, so it'll be coming in like January. It's going to have eleven episodes and feature a fictionalized version of The Rock's early life. The Rock is reported to be in every episode of the first season. Although it's unknown whether he's going to be doing like a narrating voiceover kind of thing, like kind of, you know, Wonder Years-ish, or if he's going to be like in framing segments where he's, you know, setting up the episode, or if he's going to be, there's a theory that he's going to be guest starring as a different side character every episode, just kind of like passing through the episode. Um, We'll find out. (laughs) Or it could be one of those things where like, like depending on how meta the show is, the young rock, at some point, the show talks to Old Rock. Who knows? You yeah. never know what's going to happen with the Rock. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't been very clear. They're keeping it kind of tight to the close to the vest. Mo- I I will say because I've been following a couple of shows on that schedule, um, just for a while because some of my game shows. Uh, not many things. Like not many details of any of those shows yeah. have been revealed, a yeah. game show or not. So. Very true. Well, we we're talking a little bit. Yeah. Have they already? Have they said about any of the characters, like who might be playing his dad or not, anything like that? Not yet. Which would make sense if they had him playing his dad. That would be fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been given a series, or they really? I don't even know if they've have they filmed any of it. No, yet? They, they've not even filmed the pilot yet. No. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. Yeah, it's just concept at this point, but the concept is strong enough. They think the rock is enough to bring people to to NBC, and they're probably not wrong. So, and yeah. but to me, I love the rock. I'm not dissing the rock, but I think I feel like Rock Mania has lasted a good three or four years, 
He might be on the downturn, or it could only be continuing. I don't know. We'll see how this show does. But it just seems like a little too late to me. But that's also the first time I really realized this, so who knows and he makes much more money than all of us do. Maybe the first time he's got time on his schedule, to be honest. <laughs> he's been making yeah. so many movies. He's like, okay, yeah, I can fit in a TV series now. Yeah. Well, he, he's had a lot of success with the Titan games. Yeah, and and that's an NBC show. Maybe he was realizing that, hey, I don't have to train super hard to do this. I don't have to memorize a lot of stuff to do this. I don't have to be gone, you know, this month. Maybe it's he's starting to realize that this network is a little easier than the movie stuff and possibly maybe trying to make a transition. And it's going to be a comedy, so. Yeah, it's which is right up his alley. Easy work for him. Oh, it would have to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking earlier about conventions and another another convention uh, piece of news. DC is skipping San Diego Comic Con's online convention this year and doing their own thing. That is where we get the DC Fandom starting. Bum, bum, bum. It is Saturday, August twenty second. It begins at noon Central Time, ten a.m. on Pacific, uh, one p.m. Eastern. <sighs> DC's online event will include panels and presentations from WB Games, which means there's probably a new Batman Arkham game going to be discussed. Uh, every DC television and film property currently airing or in development, including I did see The Rock confirm there would be discussion about the Black Adam film. Uh, they would have a specific panel for that, which means they must be moving forward finally on that if they're going to take the time to talk about that. Uh, the event will also include fan-submitted art and creations, crafts you can print off and do at home, a kid's zone, uh, all kinds of stuff. So we will be keeping an eye on the DC uh, fandom in August. For the... Oh, that's when it is? What's that? That's when it is? Yeah, it's August. August 22nd. Okay. They're, they're building, building an anticipation. Huh? They're building anticipation for it, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Because I was like, for some reason, I thought it was coming up soon. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was, I was kind of wanting to be uh, involved in that. I was yeah. like, oh, man. No, you got I time. Like, I got too Okay, good. I have a lot of shit going on this week. So I was like, <laughs> no, you got, I was like oh, no. You got two months. <laughs> you got two months to get your shit done. Yeah, I'm trying to get caught up on all the different emails and the messages everywhere and everything. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it so, can get overwhelming. Good. And I only filter the ball yet. <laughs> and I only filter to you guys the stuff that, uh, like a tiny percentage of the crap that clogs up my inbox. So yes, we get that coming up in a couple months. <laughs> okay, good. Yep. For the Deadpool fan in your life, Hasbro has introduced Marvel Legends interactive Deadpool talking head. The R-rated. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the R- I saw that too. The R-rated toy features a shit ton of sensors and motors, giving the disembodied head real-time information so it can comment on its surroundings with more than 600 voice and sound effects, jokes, pranks, insults, you name it. It'll even function as an alarm clock, although that would be really creepy. The head is scheduled for a September release, and it's already available for pre-order. Most places where you would buy something like this, Walmart, Best Buy, etc., for ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine pennies. That's about it. Right. Yeah, hundred. Was bucks. that going to be? I, I didn't like read the little thing on it. Was that supposed to be like a SDCC announcement or? No, no. They just decided. No. Uh, they just they're just going to make it. <laughs> they and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any word on who 
is voicing Deadpool. Not yeah. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, that's what, obviously. Yeah. Like, probably not John Glover either. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even though that thing's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was curious. I, I looked yeah. a whole bunch of trying to see if there was voice in it because I wondered if it was maybe Nolan North too because he did the game. Right. No, they haven't. Uh, I haven't seen anything that's said who it is yet. It might be worth a uh, poking at somebody on social media to find out. I'll see if I can find yeah, out. If some it was Ryan Reynolds would be two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna say yeah. yeah that's not happening anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah. Uh, well, the WWE, we've mentioned them a couple times. They have been discussing moving out of the performance center in Florida and being back in front of live audiences. Hopefully they're saying by the end of August. So they've been, you know, recording their stuff. Uh, they've been putting their performance center trainees in the crowd. This past Monday was the first time since during this whole lockdown where they actually brought a few fans in to the attendance for the raw taping, uh, which, you know, again, mostly performance center trainees. They bring in a few fans to kind of give it a little different look um, as a way to kind of test the waters. Well, one of those performance center trainees po- tested positive for the coronavirus. <laughs> so uh, the Tuesday ta- Vince McMahon, you've done it again. <laughs> the Tuesday tapings were completely shut down as staff, production, crew, wrestlers, anybody who attended those trainings, uh, with that trainee in attendance were tested for the coronavirus. Uh, it's my understanding they all came back negative. So today, uh, no, yesterday, Wednesday, a couple days ago, Wednesday, they had a massive, <laughs> their, their production schedule they posted online, and it was just wall-to-wall, like from the time they could get people in the building until the time they were had to shut it down. Uh, it was pretty much 24 hours of taping stuff for the next couple of weeks, so... I guess you get the day off yeah. Tuesday to get your nose swabbed and then show up Wednesday ready to go. Well, they didn't even tell any of the wrestlers that they were bringing people in. No. It and was so a, a lot of them, uh, most of them didn't know until they were walking down the ramps like, wow, that guy <laughs> seems pretty old to be a trainee. <laughs> yeah. Is that somebody's dad or? Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that like, feels ambitious well, I, to have live events starting in August. I don't know. Well, from what I'm seeing, a lot of uh, big-name rock groups and stuff have already got stuff slated to start in August to start doing stadium tours again. So everybody seems to think it's <laughs> going to be over in August and we're just going to be fine. So. Yeah, we'll see about that. I, I wouldn't count yeah, on Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I would not count on that. Uh, author, uh, author Stephen King posted on Twitter over last weekend about a novel idea that he would love to write, but likely is not going to get the chance to do so. He said, quote, the best novel idea I never wrote and probably never will is I, Jason. It's the first person narrative of Jason Voorhees and his hellish fate being killed over and over again at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> Just thinking about the legal thicket one would have to go through to get permissions makes my headache and my heart that too. But gosh, shouldn't someone tell Jason's side of the story? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to hear Stephen King talking about that kind of stuff, but that just that that does that sounds more like a Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, that does not sound good at all. <laughs> of course, he ended just his saying. he ended his tweet with quote Blumhouse could do it as a movie end quote I, I don't know i don't think they're in the I, I guess if they thought they could sell tickets by slapping a story by stephen king on it then they might but 
I don't know. Blumhouse is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're making good movies now. We don't need yours. Exactly. We're kind of getting a reputation for putting out wonderful stuff. So uh... You just write your little story, your fan fiction, and uh, we'll keep making movies. <laughs> exactly. Last time you made a movie, wasn't that uh, Maximum Overdrive? Yeah. You, you, leave the, <laughs> you leave the heavy lifting to us. You just write your fanfic. <laughs> Well, oh, every man. week, every week we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories. <clears throat> and Caleb Smothers on Facebook sent us this story. And I was, you know, I, I had this in and then I took it out and I was like, you know, I don't need to talk about this. And then here comes Caleb like, no, no, no. Here's the story of the week. So I guess we have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just read the story as it's written here, uh, copied and pasted from a news outlet. And I'll let you all chime in whenever you feel like it. Uh, There's perhaps nothing more relatable than having a neighbor that you don't like. Just ask Stephen Amell. The Aerostar took to social media this week to discuss issues he's been having with the woman who lives next door. Uh, Much less relatable, however, is that those issues are getting so bad, they led to one neighbor pooping on the other's roof. No way. You can ask Stephen Amell about that, too. The actor has apparently been feuding with the neighbor in question for three years over what he claims is illegal construction. So over Memorial Day, uh, there was apparently some kind of altercation between Amell's wife, Cass, and the neighbor woman. So the next day, the neighbor allegedly snuck onto their property, climbed onto the roof, and took a shit. And, of course, he posted the evidence, photos of the evidence, to uh, social media. That did catch her coming across there, or did she maybe just throw it on the roof because that's absolutely ridiculous for somebody to climb a roof and shit? Looking, <laughs> looking at the photos, it does not look like it was just hap- you know, like somebody just heaved it up. It looks like somebody carefully decided this is the place to plant a deuce. Um, it was yeah, because if because if you think about that, if you were going to throw it, like let's say you had gloves on, and you were just going to chuck it on somebody's roof. Let's even say it was like your dogs or something, and you're like, fuck this, I'm just going to throw it on their roof. I think the way it would land and kind of roll and, you know, it kind of, or if it was kind of still fresh, it might even splatter a bit or deform, you know, like from the impact. Yeah. No, no, this was somebody, it looked like somebody climbed on the roof and took it up. Get up there. Maybe she fly it with a bow and arrow. That's a lot of planning. That, that, that feels a little bit malicious. That feels personal. Like, so did somebody tell him, hey, there's something up on your roof? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, how did he discover that? Maybe he was out in the yard and looked up and was like, roof. yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. All I know is what's been posted in, again, the photos make it look as though um, it was carefully um, crafted. It was carefully, <laughs> I don't know, plan, uh, planned out and yeah, pretty maliciously, uh, maliciously done. Which that just this, feels that feels and invasive. this is no offense to you, Joey, but this is like what I considered very, very adjacent, like <laughs> distantly adjacent. Yeah, well, again, this like, this comes from uh, our friend Caleb on Facebook. So thanks, Caleb, no, for no, sending us your like story of the, the bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. Stephen Amell's been having quite a time lately on Twitter. Yeah, this stuff <laughs> people call him a racist and yeah. all kinds of different stuff. He, he's not doing so good. No, yeah. he's not. Yeah, social media in general is not a not a happy place to be planting yourself right now. No, uh, 
And in other news, our last story, this one, we always bring you a weird story we find. This is the weirdest story I could find this week. Weirder than uh, crapping on people's roofs. Police in Australia became involved in an, an unusual car chase when a pair of racehorses escaped from a training facility and went running through busy roads and urban areas. Authorities say the horses escaped Tuesday morning from the Lark Hill Thoroughbred Training Facility in Port Kennedy in Western Australia after apparently being spooked by nearby kangaroos. So the kangaroos apparently decided to spook the racehorses. The horses bucked their riders, who were not injured, and one of the horses was soon caught on video running down the grass uh, median of a busy road with the police car in pursuit because, you know, nothing calms a horse like sirens and lights and you know, screaming after them. The horse was captured about five miles from the scene uh, of the video. So not even necessarily the scene of the racetrack, but the scene of where the video was taken. When bystanders near the Waikiki Specialist Center were able to calm the animal. Maybe they explained that police only beat black people. I don't know. The second horse (laughs) was captured by police and the city of Rockingham Rangers when it approached the Rockingham Shopping Center, about two miles from the training center. The horses were returned to the training facility uninjured. No word on the condition of the kangaroos that spooked them. So, yeah. Wait, wait. So, wait, so I'm confused. They have horses in Australia? Yeah, oh, yeah. Racehorses. No, I'm just joking. Thoroughbreds. I'm joking. I just thought it'd be a funny line. Yeah, turns well, out it wasn't. <laughs> the the kangaroos, <laughs> uh, the kangaroos apparently took exception to to the uh, horses being there. So, well, now they have two less, but they've got extra glue now. No, no, they returned them. They're safe. Oh yeah, that's the what poli- they're telling you. Yeah, the police did not catch up to them, so they're they're okay. <laughs> well, let us know what you think of the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, like we did, Caleb, so we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode, and we'll read. Whatever the story is that you send us, unfortunately. Send us your suggestions on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Here are the results from this week's pop quiz. The poll question we asked, the pop quiz was, now that you know Disney's got reopening plans in place, which Fox property would you like to see added to the Disney parks as some sort of an attraction? Here are the results from across Facebook and Twitter. In fourth place with 17% of the votes was The Simpsons. And yes, we had a lot of folks say, doesn't Universal have a Simpsons area at their, one of their theme parks? Yes, we know. We were just brainstorming and spitballing. So yeah, we did not go through and settle the legal rights to who has what in the park. We were just saying <laughs> it's a Fox property. Maybe it would be cool if Disney used it. Tied, we're just talking. Yeah, we're just we're just riffing, all right? <laughs> Tied for second place, each with 22% of the votes, was Planet of the Apes, uh, which I'm glad Curtis is not here for that. Oh, no doubt. And Dustin's uh, entry, which was Night at the Museum, tied for second place. Nice. Well, you know, Night at the Museum, like, I can't remember which ride it is, but I know there's, I think there's like a dark ride roller coaster combo. And if they do something like that with Night at the Museum, that'd be freaking dope. It would be great. And in first place, in first place with 39% of the votes, Tara's already celebrating on cast. I see you there. 
Uh, 39% <laughs> of the votes was Chronicles of Narnia. So, yes, most people would the like Chronic. to see... The Chronicles. What calls of Narnia? Most people would like to see the Chronicles of Narnia as some sort of a Disney attraction. Uh, a few comments we got. Uh, Michael Harold on Facebook says, Narnia makes the most sense for Disney. I'd like to see more adult or older children rides based on some of the horror properties. So we talked about that a little bit. You could do something with Predator or Aliens or something. but uh, Or, you know, we talked even with The Simpsons. You could do like a Treehouse of Terror type thing. Disney so, after dark. So Curtis trying to drum up support for his Planet of the Apes. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> rant, I guess you could call it manifesto, whatever it was he gave us last week. He posted the pop quiz in the uh, Alamo Springfield Alamo Draft House Film Club Group's Facebook page. Uh, and we got some responses there. Aaron Atkinson out of that group said, uh, well, if Haunted Mansion is out and they want a haunted house to replace it, again, how about a really scary alien attraction? So it sounds like folks are looking for uh, some more f- some more scares out of their Disney attractions. Um, Lisa Meeks. What's that? They used to have that alien in Orlando. A- alien yeah. encounter. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it had nothing to do with the, with the school. Sigourney Weaver franchise. It was just similar. <laughs> it was. It actually had a. Who's the guy? The principal in uh, Ferris Bueller, Jeffrey Jones. Yes. Yeah, he was in it. Nice. And then he was out of it. <laughs> oh, and Kevin I, Pollock too. And Kevin I remember and Jimmy. I was eight years old when I went in it. Um, it's so, been a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while, but I, I remember it just reminded me of aliens. I, I thought it was the same thing. So yeah, no, it was not. Uh, Lisa Meeks in that same film club group voted for Narnia. She said uh, they could do a sleigh ride through the story, similar to Peter Pan and Little Mermaid type things. And that would work. Yeah, and finally, Colin Stephen in the film club group says. Uh, his gut says night at the museum, but Planet of the Apes would also be pretty incredible. And then that's when I had to intervene and start saying, no, no, don't get uh, Curtis started on on his Planet of the Apes idea, please. No, no. So thanks to everyone who voted. For those who commented, we'll have another pop quiz for you a little bit later on in the show, along with where you can find the poll to vote. Coming up this weekend in pop culture, celebrity birthdays, a new pop quiz, and more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Hello, friends. My name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together, we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know, and for sure, several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right, this weekend in pop culture history, June 20th, which is Saturday this year, June 20th, 1984, Toast of the Town, a variety series hosted by 
Ed Sullivan premiered on CBS. It was later renamed. Anybody? Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. No, the Ed Sullivan Show. That's <laughs> what they course. decided to change it to. For oh, some... okay. The Ed Sullivan Show, really big shoe we got for this you this evening. On June twentieth, nineteen seventy-five, Hollywood's first major summer must-see blockbuster opened in theaters. And that movie was... The Chronicles of Narnia. No, it was Jaws. Jaws, the first Hollywood blockbuster. Opened June 20th, 1975. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. 40, what would that be? 45th anniversary this year? We're only five years away from a 50th anniversary of Jaws. Think about that. Wow. All right. I would have thought it was a little bit later. I guess maybe by the time we moved down here... It was just hitting the drive-thrus or whatever, or drive-ins. The drive-thrus? Yes, please. I would like a yeah. uh, Jaws menu meal, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking in the future, sorry. Okay. <laughs> June 21st, 1893, the first Ferris wheel premiered at Chicago's Columbian Exposition, which was the part of the Chicago World's Fair, and it could hold up to 2,000 people on 36 cars. That's a whole lot of people per car. And it was 264 feet tall. The first Ferris. That must have been amazing to see. What was that? 36 cars, 2,000 people. Somebody do the That's math on that real quick. How many people are crammed into each car? Too many. Yeah. yeah. And the in the age of COVID, that just like makes my skin crawl. Just thinking about 2,000 people in 36 cars. I'm barely okay with me and someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens if you get that guy that always wants to rock the cars when you get to the top of the Ferris wheel? What if he's well, in your car? <laughs> I mean, it's being premiered, so like no one's ever seen it. Right. So you know you've got people like, yeah, let's get it going. That's <laughs> yeah. 55 people per car. Yeah, that's not right at all. <laughs> they were crammed I'm, in there. I'm not okay with 55 people on a bus. <laughs> I'm not okay with oh. 55 people on an entire Ferris wheel. So, yeah, that's a lot of people <laughs> in one car. And June 21st, 1948, Columbia Records introduced the long-playing record album the 33 and a third revolutions per minute album in a public demonstration at the Waldorf Astoria hotel in New York, New York. So the, what the, year was that? the LP 1948. Really? Yeah. It feels, it feels like it should have been longer than that, but apparently not. Yeah. Crazy. Birthdays this weekend, June 20th, Brian Wilson of the beach boys turns 78 years young wrestler, Terry funk. You'll remember him from roadhouse. Uh, he turns 76 years old. Bob Vila from This Old House turns 74 years old. If you had to put Terry Funk and Bob Vila together, would you imagine they're only two years apart in age? No. Terry Funk looks like he is could be Bob Vila's grandfather. And Bob Vila does oh, not yeah. look young by any means. Terry Funk Terry Funk's worked 60 his whole life. This is true. Lionel Richie turns 71 years old. He will be dancing on the ceiling. John Maybe. Goodman. All turns, night long. John, yeah, he exactly. looks good for his age. Yeah, he does. John Goodman turns 68 years old. Looking good for his age, too. Lose, lost he's, all yeah, the weight. He's slimmed down quite a bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Anthony from Van Halen turns 66 years old. Looking good for his age. <laughs> 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 Coco Beware turns 63 years old. 
Nick. I heard he is a horrible wrestler nowadays, and he still wrestles. I was going to say, wasn't he? Has he never not been a horrible wrestler? I know, but I guess he's like really bad now. Well, dude, and it's he's like an embarrassment. He's sixty three years old. <laughs> he's not gonna. I mean, what do you expect? I've yeah, seen I've seen guys better. half his age that are terrible wrestlers. That's true. Nicole Kidman turns fifty three years old, looking good for her age. Uh, yeah. And director Robert Rodriguez turns fifty two years old on Saturday. On Sunday, June the twenty-first, I thought this was weird, and maybe I'm, maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys think don't think it's weird, but actors Meredith Baxter Burney, who played the mother on Family Ties, and actor Michael Gross, who played the father on Family Ties, both turned seventy-three years old this Sunday. Really, that's just weird to me. Yeah, they found two people to play, you know, a married couple who are the exact same age. Hold on one head time. (laughs) I got everybody excited. (laughs) Go ahead. Try again. Well, especially a a male and female. Sorry. Yeah. Um, It's because, you know, usually, usually they try to get younger women. Yeah, exactly. Older men. So yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but she did look a little younger than him though. Well, because he, I mean, let's see, family ties. So that would have been, what, let's say, 35 years ago. So he would have been roughly 40. And he looked like he was probably 50 then. He was prematurely yeah. gray and balding. So, but yeah, to your point, yeah, she looked younger, even though they're the same age. So still pulled it off. I wonder if that ever came up in the auditions or anything, the birthdays. I'm and- sure it came up on set if they were, fil- well, though they probably weren't filming on June 21st ever. They probably would have been on break for the summer, so yeah, it may, it may they may never oh. even have known. <laughs> Somebody will write a tell-all book. We'll find out. Oh yeah, <laughs> singer, I guess rocker. I don't know what you would call him. Uh, <laughs> pedophile. I don't. Know, Kip Winger turns fifty-nine years old <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, actor David Morrissey played the governor on The Walking Dead, among other things. Turns fifty-six years old. Juliette Lewis turns 47 years old on Sunday. Really? Kind of makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. For some reason, I thought she was like a couple years older than me. I guess not. She's a couple and a couple more. Actress Erica Durant, who was Lois Lane on Smallville, turns 42 years old. 42 on Sunday. So yummy. I'm surprised she's yeah 42. That's I didn't realize she was that old. Actor, no. not not on a CW show, which I know it's been a hot minute since she's been on there. But <laughs> uh, actor Chris Pratt turns 41 years old on Sunday, and Lana Del Rey turns 35 years old on Sunday. Happy birthday to everybody celebrating this weekend. June 20th, of course, is the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, first day of summer, and Sunday, June the 21st is father's day so happy birthday to everybody celebrating father's day uh, you can find this day in pop culture uh, celebrity birthdays national holidays and more every weekday monday through friday over at popgoestheculture.com. and i think since i've been doing those that's like one of my favorite things to do because i've been like you know finding videos and stuff to go with different things and it's been a lot of fun i've been f- getting to walk down memory lane and do some fun stuff with those every week. So check those out. If you haven't already pop goes to culture.com. 
So we wanted to talk a little bit about conventions, and I'm glad Brandon's with us tonight. Brandon Shane is the what's your official title with VisionCon, Brandon? Or do you have a Vision title? VisionCon Inc. So okay. I'm the president. There you yeah. go. So we are talking a little bit about conventions. As you know, as we've talked about, conventions are have been postponed. Some of those that have been postponed are starting to be canceled. Uh, some of the shows have been doing online type things. I know VisionCon has been doing a lot of online content as well over the summer since you guys had to cancel the in-person show. Talk to us a little bit about um, what postponing, sure, but what canceling a convention, what that means. And I know every convention is different, but what are some of the things that, you know, the decisions, the discussions that go into that? How does that financially impact a show, you know, in the years coming down the road, you know, next year, the year after things like that? Talk to us a little bit about what, you know, because I don't, you know, for, for the, for the casual fan, it's okay. I can't go to a convention this year. Yeah. But for the people that are involved in the organization and the volunteers and all the people that put the staff that put the resources into it, what, how big of a decision is that? Is that, and what does that, how does that impact you guys going forward? The the very first thing concern financially was, am I going to be able to get out of my contract with right. the convention center? Yeah, uh, because until up up until the point that they gave us a little bit of leeway. It was either the city had to shut us down or we were on the hook for everything. Right. Uh, and it was kind of, you know, that that's the kind of thing. I, I can't speak for some of the bigger shows. Some of the shows are, you know, make a profit. You know, we're a nonprofit convention. So right. pretty much we need every cent we get if we want to make another one. Right. Um, so for us, it was a, it was a big, it was a lot of deliberation, a lot of, you know, do we go ahead and do the show and whoever shows up shows up? And even if it's 10 people in a room, that way we, you know, might be able to save enough face and, you know, you know, get some relief money or something, uh, something that would help us keep us going, but not ruin our relationship with the convention center. Right. You know, because they're they're also struggling, too. I mean, I can't imagine. You know, we just had to cancel one event. They've got to cancel, you know, every event for <laughs> the last three months. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's one of those things that it was a, it was a difficult, it was difficult to look at to begin with. Um, and then now as we are getting through that, we're just looking at how, how we can keep people interested and keep people, you know, ready to come back. Uh, cause we don't, if we don't, once we finally can do an event, um, uh, we don't have people show up, uh, We've got, uh, you know, we got a big problem. Yeah. Because uh, we're we're all we're all basing on what we did last year, what we're gonna do for the next year, and that's not. It's 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 a difficult time when you're trying to think. Uh, what's my attendance gonna be? You know, in spring of 2021, uh, is it gonna be? Are people still gonna be afraid? Is there gonna be enough of a buffer between pandemic and you know vaccine? Or is it still going to be no vaccine, no anything? And are we going to be looking at maybe having to cancel again kind of thing? Right. Which is worse, canceling or having the event and nobody showing up? I mean, as far as financially and all of that, which is the worst option for you? Uh, I think actually financially it would be having nobody show up. Because of the uh, expenses and not only would we have to invest a whole bunch on our end, but we would have also had to 
We also have a bunch of vendors who would invest a bunch of money, a bunch of everybody else who would have been planning. There's a, there's a lot more people that are going to lose in those kind of events. Um, you know, we when we don't have to buy flights and everything else for guests and all sorts of other things, you know, that's that's still money that we get to keep in our pocket, hopefully, and hopefully be able to do another year. So I think that if we had to cancel, that's the better financial option. It's also a very hard decision to make because the longer you're out of the public eye, the harder it is to keep people interested. Yeah. Talk a little bit about those vendor relations because I imagine, you know, even canceling doesn't come without criticism for those who are expecting to, you know, turn a profit or break even at least that particular weekend. Talk a little bit about how you manage the, There's somebody uh, at my the door. relations. Hold okay. on. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> While he's doing that, I'm going to ask a question and I'll ask you guys, you know, we've got our cast channel and I know a lot of conventions have free online type stuff and, and Brandon can talk to what they're doing in VisionCon. I wonder if we should be casting some of that stuff on our cast channel. Probably people probably are missing it so much. Just anything would be just to kind of go, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, I wonder too. With, a little hole. Okay, yeah. Sorry. And with everybody, brought me some mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. uh, with, and with everybody having kind of their own platform or there's so many different places, I wonder if we centralize that to our cast channel. It's like, yeah, you can check out this con and that con and that con. That might be a, might be some value for folks that are interested in that. Uh, what we were asking before uh, you had to go get your mail was uh, how do you how do you manage those vendor relations? Because I I know that they don't even the choice to cancel to save lives doesn't come without criticism. Well, I'd say we have a very good core group of people. Um, at least ninety nine percent of them had no problems with us moving to the next time. You know, just right. moving their order over. Some of them had a bunch of questions, that kind of stuff. But overall, we've just got a good group of people um, that understand that it's a difficult time for everybody, as well as themselves. Um, it is a difficult decision when we have to tell them, because it's if I give everybody back their money, then I have a negative bank account, and I can't run a website for another year. I can't, you know, yeah, doing advertising next year, and I've got to... So I, and I, I don't know if it's, it's probably a little different for cons that have money in the bank right um because they can give full refunds out to everybody but you know for me if i did that there'd be people who wouldn't get their money back because i've already spent that money just running the business over a year <laughs> you know yeah absolutely so it's it's one of the, it's, it's a difficult thing so to tell them all you know hey we're just gonna have to stay in a holding pattern for another year uh it's it's difficult and but i there's a lot of we have a lot of great people who uh, reacted? You know, we have we've only had one person threaten to sue us. Um, <laughs> we had one person who you know we had to do a little deliberation with, but ultimately they weren't going to be happy with us, even if we had the con and went down. Everything went well, extremely well, and they made a bunch of money. They were the kind of people who were going to be pissed anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they already um, had issues that were not even yeah. related to the con. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it, it happens and, you know, you have so many vendors, not every one of them is going to be happy. We try very hard to diversify our vendor groups and make sure that there's not, you know, a bunch of the same vendor in one place. So everybody gets to make a little bit of money. 
Uh, we try not to overpack our vendor hall based on our attendance because we want to make sure that there's enough people buying for everybody there. Right. So it's it's a very we have a very delicate uh, balance that we try to keep, <laughs> and so we've got a very good rapport because of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why we were able to be it by without a lot of whole a whole bunch of a uh, guff about it. That's good. There was a lot of good vendors last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we've we've been trying for years to just kind of curate more and more and i go around to each con i talk to a bunch of vendors each in each convention i go to um i try to get a good you know i don't i don't try to bring in vendors from you know like the coast or anything because i don't i feel like they're going to be spend more money than they think they're going to make at you know a smaller convention like mine right you yeah. know it's, it's it's great for them to go to planet and you know planet has sixty thousand people you know but I can't, I can't let have them compete in the same market. And I, I let them know it's like you know, if you're a smaller creator, uh, we do a lot of, we have heavily discounted tables for artists and all sorts of stuff. We try to do a whole lot more for local uh, crafters and everything. So we try to keep it, you know, we try to keep vision kind of affordable for everybody. I know it's hard, you know, when when you see, you know, it's it's forty bucks for a weekend prepass. You know, it's that's a lot of money per person when you think about a family of like four. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things that we we have to make enough money <laughs> to be able to do it again, and that's our only real goal. Right. Uh, Just keep the ball no, rolling. Yeah. There, there's nobody on the Vision Con staff that gets paid. Uh, technically, there's no you know employees specifically. I'm the president, but I don't. I'm not employed by VisionCon. I just run VisionCon. It's right. it's one of those things that it's it's one of the, it's it all goes back into either our the nonprofit that we support that year or the ability to have one, you know, another one and keep going and going. Yeah, you talked a little bit about making sure you keep your brand in front of people. So I know a lot of conventions have started doing online stuff, um, whether it's, you know, online panels, online programming. I know you guys are utilizing Zach and his boundless energy for, for hosting panels. Uh, talk a little bit about how you put those things together. Cause it seems like, um, you know, you see a convention is it's this weekend. And so like for even with you guys, uh, you had, you know, an online vision con event the weekend you're supposed to have the event. Uh, but there's, you guys are still cranking out, you know, online content and here we are you know more than a month removed from the event itself talk a little bit about how you put those together and and continuing to keep pumping those things out and the very first thing is i can't say enough good things about zach uh, um <laughs> yeah yeah you can i mean he, <laughs> there's a he, limit where we, <laughs> we draw the line and we're like okay that's enough of zach stuff he he is he's he is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> uh a lot of these a lot of the stuff that we've done post you know the vision con live weekend is all just been you know, him reaching out to somebody and him just saying, I want to talk to this person and I'll put it online and we'll do it. And I'm like, <laughs> if you want to do it, you go ahead and do it. Cause I don't think there's anybody else who can go do it right now. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's had a lot of fun with that and he's, you know, he'll tell you that, uh, he thinks that he's getting the better end of the deal. Cause he gets to talk to all these people he, you know, idolizes and stuff, but yeah. I'm like, I, I'm getting free work and celebrities <laughs> on my page every other week. You know, it's, it's, it's good for me. It's too. a win, win, um, win. Yeah. That's but awesome. as for like the, the the VisionCon live weekend, I will tell you that that's that's another thing that having a good staff behind you is uh, very much key because it's hard enough to make programming for a weekend uh, at VisionCon where you see the people, you put them in the place, and you make them do the thing. Right. To get content for people who 
maybe don't know how to get on a streaming platform <laughs> or, you know, don't see you eye to eye. So they don't talk to you as much until, oh, am I ready for my panel? What do I need to do? No, no. You, here's the link. We've tried to set this all up, you know, a month ahead of time. So it's 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 a lot. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of hard work behind the scenes and a lot of stress, you know. And <laughs> oh, hey, guess what? George Lou can't show up um, to do it. Uh, what are we gonna fill an hour with? <laughs> well, so I, I've seen a lot of live panels that that look the same way, though. <laughs> okay, I'm here. When, where's my panel? When do I talk? What am I talking about? <laughs> Who else is on here with me? Okay, cool. Let's go. So, <laughs> so I think yeah, the the technology piece definitely adds another layer to it, but. Um, that seems to be par for the course for panels in general. <laughs> it seems like people just kind of point me in the right direction and give me a seat and a water bottle. I'm good to go. So, I mean, it's, it's one of the things we've always tried to do uh, with like our special guest panels and stuff like that is I've, I've, I've said we are, this is content that we are curating. So we need to have somebody there like Zach to push the narrative, you know, the, right. the, the panel forward. And that's, you know, you can set somebody up with a, a microphone on the stage, and there's a lot of there's a lot of panelists who can do that and don't need anybody like Zach up there. There's a lot of panelists who can't. So <laughs> yeah, yes. we 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 try to do a kind of a mix between the two, and you know, and a lot of a lot of the programming at VisionCon each year is not even stuff that we curate. I'd say VisionCon we do maybe twenty percent of the the programming. The rest of it's all, uh, you know the people who show up at vision con the stuff they want to say the things they're passionate about the stuff they want to teach about that kind of stuff so it's it's very much a con for the people too and and so you know it's it's hard when you know those people are used to just showing up and talking to somebody and maybe don't have the same skill set that a lot of us do with working on you know podcasts or anything else like that right so the question, and I'm going to ask this question a couple of different ways, and I want everybody to pitch in from their perspective. Um, Brandon, for you, the question is, when do you feel safe having a live convention again? And for everyone else, when do you, what has to happen for you to feel safe attending a convention again? So kind of think on that. And then if you've got a, a thought on that, um, by all means, just jump in. Say for me, and here's here, here we 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 work really hard. We got to make that balance between what's safe and what is uh, what makes sure that we don't have to that vision gun's not done. Right. Um, and that's that's a, it's a very hard line, and it's it's not always not always the best line to walk. Um, I'd say I, I I'd say we were probably going to try to put on a convention, whether it's all clear or not in spring, no matter what. But I don't think that I would, I'd be confident in putting on a convention, you know, this weekend. Right. Um, and as, as everything's spiking back up again and everything else like that, and not because not as much as cause I'm worried about spreading the disease, which is obviously that would be a terrible thing, but, uh, but I'm just worried about the utter fear people have for it. Right. And not wanting to show up because of it. And that's that's not that's not good for me either way. You know, right. it's I can't I can't make either one work, so I've gotta wait till people are a little bit more 
uh, ready to go. Now, you can also speak to the other side of it, too, because you don't just put on VisionCon. You also attend other cons and stuff for, for various reasons, if for nothing else, because you want to connect with vendors and guests and stuff like that. So what at what point do you feel like you would be comfortable attending a convention again? That's probably I'm not the smartest man in the room. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm not I'm I throw caution to the wind a little bit. I don't feel as a younger, healthier individual. I don't feel as at risk, which is probably the exact reason why I would probably die from it. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I probably still would have gone to Planet this year if they had it, uh, which is probably stupid. If they had had it in uh, March, you mean, or if they still yeah, if they, they still had, had it in March? March. Uh, okay. well, first of all, because it's also my best my birthday weekend, and okay, I'd like to yeah, you know, I would like to enjoy my birthday. Yeah, um, but uh, but I also probably would have taken the two weeks afterwards and not gone to work and you know self myself yeah. and. That's uh, because of that. Um, but it's one of the things that I would probably throw caution to the wind to do it. I not that's not something I would recommend <laughs> to most people. <laughs> I live by myself. Uh, I've got a job that's pretty flexible and works with me. That if I you know if I didn't need to work for two weeks, they could probably float me until then. Um, and there's things I could do, you know, at home to make money as well. Right. So it's it's one of those things that I've I have I have the luxury of doing something like that. Uh but I definitely that's not something I would recommend for most people and I can understand why uh most people would not risk that. So Fair enough. But I, I just I'm I'm at this point I'm so ready to get out and see people and do things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm chopping it a bit. Right on. Brandon Parnes, how about you? What What's it going to take? When do you think you will, or what will you need to see at a convention as far as uh, health and safety? When do you feel like you'll be comfortable attending a, a big convention again? So I kind of got thoughts on this because I was very excited for Planet this year for no other reason just to get out of the house. Right. Uh, even though I I'd had a job at the time, I just quit it yesterday when they called me back in. Um, just for obvious reasons, I have two at-risk parents at home and I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get it. And it's just, I, I think it's even too soon to be doing all this reopening that a lot of the country is doing. That's just my personal opinion. But I was also hoping that even before the pandemic, I ended up not being able to do it duly because of the pandemic. And I didn't have the financial means to, is there was a, a, comedy festival in Austin that I wanted to go to, Moon Tower Comedy Festival. That would have been in April. Um, but obviously I just couldn't do that for both reasons. Then they moved it to the, to September and I was thinking uh, oh, I'd love to do that. Um, earlier in the quarantine and all that stuff and then it was around the same time they announced Planet would be moving to August and now it's just like I'm going to be home until January. Yeah. Fair enough. I understand that. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? Um, I'm kind of with Brandon P on it. It's, it's just too soon to be opening up everything. I mean, we, they already did open up, um, obviously not the, uh, borders, like the States and everything. And now they're just not doing that, but they opened up, at the beginning of May, and that was just way too soon. And as you saw, cases went up again, and then they just keep going up. 
they're it's not go it's not gonna go away. Yeah. So I just as much as I want to go to cons, I care about other people's health more than myself. Fair enough. And you so and you work just, facing the public too, so yes. It's kinda <laughs> you you are a uh, infection vector, I think is what they officially call your title. Yeah, basically. I mean, I I do retail. One, it's not easy doing retail. And two, people acted like this whole entire month that we were quarantined, that we were quarantined for years. So they had to go out and flood the businesses. Right. Just absolutely had to. And it's like, you you don't have to. You just felt like you were just being hostage for so long. And that's the thing, like, with people that are, like, treating it like they're, like, we're being controlled and stuff like that. And it's like, and it's like... Well, I, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. It's a fr- freedom thing and blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're just an idiot. Just <laughs> wear a mask and be done with it. You like, It's not the fact of like they're making you wear them. It's just the fact of it's about thinking about others instead of thinking about yourself for once. Yeah. I, and that's I, what people that's what people don't get. I do think it's funny when I hear uh, or did hear you don't hear it now. People complaining about how, well, you know what, my county health department shouldn't be able to close down businesses and blah blah blah. And it's like really because when my county health department, like, for example, closes down a restaurant, I don't complain about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go back to the restaurant. I, I think there's something up. Maybe it's not safe. But that's just me. Yeah, obviously they did <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. Uh, they like found a, they found a mouse. This is a little bit more serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so kind of like, it's kind of like this. Uh, like this. Uh, someone to, was telling, um, like they were going w- walking into Home Depot, and uh, one of the employees was smoking a cigarette, and obviously they had their mask pulled down, and they were about to go in, and they pulled their mask back up, and uh, the guy that was walking in. He, I'm friends with him on Facebook, so I know about the story of him t- saying. But he, he continues walking. He's just like, "Pull that mask down." I'm Republican, and <laughs> I was just like, "What does Republican have to do with wearing a mask?" Yeah, like I, I just I don't understand why politics and everything have to go in with this pandemic. Yeah, I know everything's political. like what what is that? What does that? Ha- yeah, what does that have to do with? Yeah, what does that have to do with that? Like, Brandon, Brandon Shane, just, you wanted to interject something I heard. You were talking about health departments and stuff, and I, as a pest control technician who's right. in a lot of restaurants and sees <laughs> a lot of things, I will tell you right now that I don't trust any health department as <laughs> further that I can destroy throw them. I've seen I've seen restaurants get violated and shut down for small, insignificant things, and I've seen some of the ones that I don't know how there's not a <laughs> death every day from those restaurants, and so I'm just saying. You know, I, I, I do not trust uh, any local health department any further than I can throw them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, Kenny, when we hit the cons, we jokingly, one of the first things we tend to do is look and see if we can identify patient zero. Um, that's, yes. that's one of our, that's one of our early, that's like our <laughs> Friday as soon as the con opens. All right, let's see, let's see if we can figure out who has the plague, um, and who's going to infect everybody with the con crowd. And we'll try to keep our distance from that person. Uh, so the yep. same question to you, when do you feel like you would be comfortable, uh, attending a convention again? You know, when you posed that question, I was like, you know, there, there was a part of me back when, you know, planet was still up in the air that I was like, you know, 
if we just wear our masks and if we just did this and we just did that, you know, and it's like, maybe, but that was also leading up to my daughter's surgery. So we couldn't right. afford for her to even get anything. So, you know, I was like, okay, you know, we, we can't do that. So I got to thinking, I was like, well, uh, one of the problems, you know, with like, say a lot of the stuff that is opening up in the next few months, that's great. And there's a lot of people that say, you know, I'm not going to wear my mask because blah, blah, or I don't believe it's real because blah, 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 whatever. But those same people, like when I'm in the grocery store or something with my mask on, I'll gravitate towards them a little bit just to see. And every one of them start backing up like, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, so you have the fear of keeping that six foot rule but you don't believe in the other stuff. And that's not what I'm going at here is that it's in our heads now. And even if we got zero cases at the end of July, I still think a lot of people would not show up to these in August, you know, September, October, something because there would still be that we got isolated. That's why we got a lot of people throwing out crazy conspiracy theories and people, you know, yelling at each other and Dustin's hearing people complaining because they're Republicans or whatever it people's psyche got broke and it's hard. You can't just build that overnight. And that's something that I, I don't even think in months is going to repair. You'll get a lot of people that are like, you know, like, you know, I'm young, you know, I'm not going to catch nothing. I'm going to go. And that's fine. And that is a couple thousand of the 10, 12, 40, 50,000 that they expect every day. Yeah. And so too soon, definitely this year's too soon for one the first of next year, even I, unless we hit zero cases in the next couple months around the world, I still think people are going to be scared for a while. So, yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, even if it does go to zero, it's just, just cancel 2020. Just let's just restart at 2021. Like forget everything in 2020, like, and then just restart in 2021. So no, I was just saying. Well, go, go, go ahead. Sorry, I'll, I'll just finish my <laughs> go ahead, yeah, real go quick, ahead. and then we'll get Kenny and then talk. yeah, Kenny and then Brandon. Can you go? Yeah. Um. Well, I bring that up because, like, in my family, I've got a few people in my family that honestly going to Walmart got too much, and I had to take over that shopping and <laughs> going and doing all that stuff because uh, is they were scared. And, you know, everything you are bombarded on with everything. So I have been making it a point to get my daughter out. And, like, we walked the mall. And I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, my God, why did you go there? Honestly, people kept their distance. There wasn't a lot of people there. And um, the shops all are making you wear a mask. If you don't have a mask, you can't come in. So some of them have masks for you to wear, but most people are like, well, if I have to wear one, I'm not going in. And they're like, well, have a wonderful day. Right. So 
I think that's keeping the numbers low for there. But I, I've been getting my family out a little bit. I'm like, you guys are going to have to get acclimated to being around people. And this is a good time to do it. There's not a lot, you know, now you go shopping at a super center on Saturday afternoon, your <laughs> elbows to asshole for people, but you know, but so I think there has to be something where we all have to find our comfort level of being around people. And until we're able to do that, until you're comfortable enough you're not going to, if you can't be around a hundred people, you <laughs> right. damn sure can't be around 10,000, Yeah, you know? So, and that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. Uh, Brandon, you had something you want to say, I know. Definitely. Uh, uh, we're entering a new kind of era and the way we do entertainment, uh, you know, uh, whether it's going to a movie or going to a convention, uh, things are going to change, uh, and they're going to change for a while. Um, yeah. it's, it's not, there's nobody, I don't think there's nobody who th- has had two brain cells to put together who thinks that it's over when the last case is there. It's, right. it's one of those yeah. things that's going to be the back of everybody's mind for a long time. And it's going to be something that people are going to kind of worry about for a while. And it's, it's, it, it, we're going to hit a point obviously where, we have to keep going. Otherwise we don't go at all. Um, and so we've got to kind of rethink of how we do things. I'm already trying to figure out new ways to put together a convention, uh, that help social distancing kind of stuff that I can do, uh, different things I can do that, you know, help encourage safe, uh, being out in public safely. And that's going to be a thing for, all the conventions for the next couple of years, at least. And I'd say movie theaters, other entertainment venues, stuff like that, or it's going to be a big thing. Well, Brandon, what you do is you say everybody who comes as Cobra commander wearing a mask, uh, gets $2 off admission. (laughs) (laughs) Something along those lines, you know, play it up, have some fun with the cosplay. I I was thinking more requiring a mask and then putting out a vision con mask for a dollar. And there you go. That way I can make some more money. (laughs) There you are. Uh, so you know, I would buy one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, usually it's either Emerald City Comic Con or uh, C two E two, or kind of one of depending on when they fall. They're usually the first official, real like, hey, it's con season. Those are usually you know February March. Um, if if you if transportation was not an issue, if you know. Uh, the cost was not an issue. If those, if you had a a plane ticket and a con pass, how many of you would be going to a convention, whatever the first convention is in 2021? If we're talking like February, March, who who right now, knowing what you know, knowing that we don't know what's going to happen between now and then, uh, with where you stands today, who would be going? You think? I well, and here's here's the other. There's a there's a second side of that coin is is what kind of unrest there's going to be as yeah, well yeah, yeah. for <laughs> other things. Yeah, because I, you're, I, talk, I, you're talking you're talking Seattle I, and Chicago. So Seattle or Chicago, <laughs> that's not places I want to be, especially if we get you know grand jury indictments and stuff <laughs> like that around that time. True. Um, I don't I don't know if that's where I want to be in the middle of something. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I would if we just COVID related and you know, I heard you're buying me a ticket to Emerald City. Is that what you're saying right now? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> so saying. I, I mean, if we knew somebody, I'd definitely go. I would go. I would okay. go. Dustin, what about you? Oh yeah, I would definitely go. <laughs> Kenny, what do you think? 
I, I still I don't <laughs> think I would. Okay. And mainly just because, you know, your coastline cities are your first one and last ones to get and to get rid of. So I think it'll be hanging out there. And even if it doesn't, that's still in the back of my mind, you know? So, yeah. Brandon P. How about you? It's a tough one because as much as I want to go to them next year, it's time will tell. Um, Planet would probably be in planet planets in April next year. Uh And also, that moon tower thing I mentioned in Austin is also going to be in April next year. And I hope to go to both, but again, time will only tell. Yeah, fair enough. I understand. So this week's pop quiz for our listeners and for our followers on social media is this. The question we have for you this week is when do you expect to return to a comic or pop culture convention again? Here are your four choices. Uh, choice number one, A, I guess, uh, would be as soon as they're open. So we're talking if something opens up, you know, into this year, first part of next year, I'm going. Uh, that's your first choice. Second choice. And I only word it this way because timing means it's probably going to come out this way. But uh, option B, option number two would be, you know, once there's a vaccine. So, you know, 2021, 22, I would feel comfortable uh, going. Option number three uh, is, I, you know, I'm going to sit out for a couple years. So maybe 22, 23. And then option number four, uh, I don't see myself going to a convention again. Those are your four choices. This week's pop quiz, if you're listening to the podcast, is live right now. If you're on cast, um, wait till tomorrow. Uh, you can vote on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. That stands for Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. At PGTC Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages, so you cannot miss them. We will bring you the results of the pop quiz on next week's brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. And that might be a data point that Brandon can use as he's looking at next year as well. Uh, coming up this week on Friday today, a couple of new things coming out. The, uh, the new series floor is lava, the series premiere on Netflix and the politician season two is on Netflix on today on Friday. Last of us part two hits PlayStation four new albums by Bob Dylan and Neil Young. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> hey, they got to make it's money too, right? <laughs> up here. They got to make money. And then over on the Pop Goes the Culture Cast channel, if you're there tonight, yeah, come back tomorrow night. If you're not there, you can find on social media. We'll post the link. Tomorrow night, we'll be casting the season two finale of the Last Drive-In. That is at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, looks like from the guests they've announced, the first film in the doubleheader is probably going to be Hellraiser. We'll find out tomorrow night. On Saturday, Father's Day weekend, we are over again on the cast channel. Uh, throughout the day, we're going to be casting just old cartoons that we all grew up with and love. So that's going to be throughout the day. But then at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, we will be casting Ford v. Ferrari. If you've not seen it, this will be an opportunity to watch it along with uh, some of us and post your comments Ooh. as we're watching it. Yep, Ford v. Ferrari, Saturday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Sunday is Father's Day. There's a whole slew of series and season premieres on Sunday. Uh, the Chai Season 3 on Showtime. Yellowstone Season 3 over on Paramount Network. Nosferatu Season 2 on AMC. Love that show. And Perry Mason Series premiere on HBO on Sunday on Father's Day. 
On Monday, a brand new episode of Roll for Advantage, a D&D 5th edition adventure on the Pop Goes the Culture, uh, popgoestheculture.com. Um, again, I'm going to have to see if I can, uh, splice in Tara's song for that part of their, sh- for their show. Maybe that's the new <laughs> intro. I don't know. Or the exit song. I don't know. Uh, be sure to check that out. They do a great job. They're having a good time. I think they're on, let's see, this week will be episode four, I think. Four, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. And then I know they've got a few more already, uh, recorded and scheduled and ready to go. So be sure to check them out. Also Monday night, Penn and Teller Fool Us season seven premiere over on the CW. Tuesday, we talked about this. There's not much uh, left on DVD and home video. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire hits Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday. Wednesday is new comic book day. Be new. Uh, you can't forget on Tuesday that DC moved their new releases to Tuesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I, I still, I still, <laughs> I still lump them in with Wednesday because I have not mentally uh, made that 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 break and connection yet. It's just it, it's. Wednesdays are comic book day. Right. DC. Don't mess up the tradition. Yeah. You're competing with you're competing with new DVDs, um, media in a different category that they shouldn't be putting themselves in. Wednesdays yeah. is comic book day. Quit yeah. messing with tradition. Well, and you know what? Unless it's something you've got to grab, <laughs> you know they're going to be there Wednesday still. Or set up exactly your, set up your subscription box and just pick them all up on Wednesday. That's the best option. Yep. Uh, but yep. new issues next week of Spawn, Sleeping Beauties, number one, based on the Stephen King novel. Novel, excuse me. TN- I'm excited for that. That looks good. TMNT, uh, Transformers versus Terminator, Aquaman, Batgirl, Batman, Batman Beyond, Flash, The Green Lantern 80th Anniversary. Uh, that special comes out next week. Justice League, Justice League Dark, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans, Empire Avengers number zero. Is anybody getting excited about Empire at all, Dustin? Or are people just kind of like, really? Another one? <laughs> they they did they did before the pandemic because it was going to yeah. be a pretty big event. And then they now cut nobody it basically, cares. <laughs> yeah. and basically cut it in half more than that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. I, I haven't heard anybody excited about this. Uh, I've more, never so, been, I've never been excited for a Marvel event. So yeah, <laughs> you know that Tarazi P Henson is such a good actress. Oh, that's a different empire. I'm yeah, sorry. To- totally different empire altogether. <laughs> yeah. And, and now if they made that an Avengers comic, that would be something different. <laughs> Uh, Immortal Hulk, Iron Man 2020, Rescue 2020, Spider-Ham number five out of five, uh, new Thor, Angel and Spike for the Joss Whedon fans out there, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 50, that's a milestone issue, Rick and Morty presents Council of Ricks number one, and much more. <laughs> Hit up your local comic book shop and check those out. And then they're still doing the Whedon Wednesday watch party on the Fanatics and the Fan Facebook page. You'll want to check them out. Uh, they've just finished up everything Firefly and Serenity related. So I believe they're jumping into Buffy next. But don't quote me on that. I don't have Hawk here to correct me. Um, Thursday night or Thursday, anytime. Uh, the Twilight Zone Season 2 on CBS All Access. Doom Patrol Season 2 on both HBO Max and DC Universe. That still is weird to me, but okay. <laughs> and Adventure Time, Distant Lands over on HBO Max next Thursday. We'll be recording next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can check check us out live on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel. Um, you can listen to, interact with the show as we're recording. We just might read your comments on the air. And then, of course, next Friday, look for next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in your podcast player of choice. 
If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment and leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It doesn't cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways to show your support for the show. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. Um, it, it does help us out. It helps us make a better show. That's all I've got. Anybody got anything else before we call her a week? Yeah. Nope. Nope. I oh. actually wanted to yeah. make a quick uh, kind of point-ish thingy yeah. about what we were talking about earlier with the conventions. Uh-huh. Um, I know some of the conventions have done virtual stuff, and I really don't know how well they've been received, but I remember I've never been able to go to San Diego Comic-Con in my life. Uh, maybe years down the line, that'd be something cool to do, depending on the changes post-corona. But one of the things that always kept me close to it when they were doing it was Zach Levi had his Nerd HQ concurrent event, and he would get all the people from from the main convention, like all the stars and whatnot, to do those panels, um, and they would live stream them. And they have an archive of them on YouTube, and and since a lot of these conventions are doing these panels now, yes, everybody's going to be in their homes. There's no, not going to be a live audience. But it was kind of an innovative way to keep the people who couldn't attend a convention, especially as big as one is like San Diego Comic San, San Diego Comic Con, still involved somehow, at least vicariously. So it may work out, it may not, but that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, I need to I need to do my job better. I need to sit down and figure out who's live streaming what and when because I know there's a ton. You know, Ace Comic Con is doing a lot of live stream stuff right now. Galaxy Con, uh, our buddy uh, Patty's doing a ton of panels for them right now. Um, there are conventions that are doing stuff right now, like ongoing, like you've been doing with Vision Con. Um, I need to just kind of figure out what that looks like, and I would love to fire up our cast channel and be like, all right, this is what time, you know, and just put together the schedule. And like, this is what time the, you know, you and McGregor panel from ACE comic con is on. And this is what time, uh, the William Shatner panel from galaxy con is on and so on. And then just, yeah, rather than everybody having to run out and find it, it'd be a lot of fun to turn our uh, cast channel into comic con live stream headquarters or whatever. And, uh, and just, oh, you yeah. know, watch and comment and, you know, have a good time. And, so I need, I need to do my be- job. And what would be cool about San Diego this year, depending on um, who's going to feel up to releasing their big info, uh, the studios and whatnot, obviously Warner Brothers won't be doing anything with DC since they're doing their own thing. But if Marvel has anything, or or now Disney Fox has anything, uh, Universal maybe, it's going to be interesting. Like, everybody who would or wouldn't attend the con is on a level level playing field. And we all, we don't, we, of course the con is something so great and magnificent, but it's not like for me, who again, who's never been the moment when like Kevin Feige will say, Hey, everybody in Hall H gets a free hat. Nobody gets a free hat this year. We're all on a level playing field, but we still get to enjoy all this content they might release together you know what i mean so yeah i think it'll be interesting because dc is doing their own thing it it, it feels to me like this could the 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 san diego comic-con could potentially um start seeing 
some of what I would call like the streaming, the streamer effect um, where yeah. everybody's got their own streaming channel. And so you can't find anything unless you own, you know, you're, you're subscribed to 30 different streaming platforms, you know, yeah. with, with Disney having the D 23 event. And if yeah. Warner brothers, DC is doing their own thing, it, it, we, you might, you might start seeing uh, people uh, pulling out of bigger conventions with some of their marquee stuff effect, yeah. Yeah, and start doing more of their own little thing. Um, I don't know. We'll see. If that's the case, then maybe San Diego Comic-Con becomes a comic book convention again. And that may not be a bad thing either. So, I see San Diego becoming less of a premiere for all these uh, studios and becoming more uh, back to the comic convention kind of, you know, specifically talk to this character, talk to this character, talk to this cast. But yeah. not really revealing. Not a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, you, you look at E3. That's pretty much what killed E3. Was uh, all the them individually going off and doing their own thing yeah. and doing their own live stream stuff. And that's at that point, who's going to E3 if nothing's being premiered there? You know, exactly. Which is not a bad thing. Maybe if San Diego Comic Con reclaims the you know, hey, we're a comic book convention and a vendor convention. You know, you still get your San Diego Comic Con exclusive stuff if you show up. Um, and you and you'll get to meet the comic book creators, but it's less of it's just not a it, it's, yeah, it's not Hollywood's. Hey, everybody packs up and goes to San Diego for the weekend. So, yeah. well, cool guys. I appreciate everybody being on here with us tonight. Uh, first time for some of you, so I hope you guys come back anytime. You're always welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Brandon Shane. Thanks for joining us. Uh, of course, Kenny and Destin always with us. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening on cast as well. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, listening in your podcast player. I know it's weird watching the numbers across the podcast uh, industry as a whole because uh, people aren't in the gyms and people for a while weren't driving to work. So I know everybody's numbers are down, but we do keep an eye on that. And we know uh, that some of you are dedicated listeners, and we appreciate each and every one of you that take the time out of your week to listen to us bullshit about whatever's going on in entertainment and pop culture so we appreciate it uh that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of the pop goes the culture podcast uh for brandon shane for dustin for kenny for brandon parnes my name is joey mills have a great week we will catch you back here next week on pop goes the culture podcast see you then peace bye-bye This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.